Yo! Where, where are you at? Me too. Are you on the grass? No, I'm, I'm in front of the Altus. I'm standing in front of the crane. Alright, I'll come over there. Look who we have here. An otter lying in the grass. How are you doing? Hello. <laughs> I have my shoes off. It's a sunny day. I'm on the grass. And there's a man playing folk ballads. All these things are true. What more could you ask for from the Lustgarten? So you had a tour just now? No, you know, I was just thinking actually. Yeah, I just had a tour. Think, talk about a little bit about how did, how, how did it go? Uh, the tour was um, great actually. I basically have no voice at the moment, so I have to keep everything uh, low key. So I can't do my usual uh, jumpy uppy and, and downy kind of tours. It was good. It was really nice. Did you touch their hearts? I got I got a crier at the Memorial of the Medici's of Euro Classic. Oh God, that happens like once a week. Lay, lay it out straight. Um, no, it was a really nice group and they were very responsive. What I thought we could do is talk a little bit about what we actually want to do today. Because... Huh? On the microphone. I thought it was good because then we have a discussion about what we're actually having problems with. When I said, I, I see you in, I see you in Lust Garden. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting on Museum Island, right? We're sitting in the middle of the... Before we go any further, though, shouldn't we um, mention the fact that we've been away for a little bit? Uh, have we? Have we been away? For all those who noticed, and I'm sure many of you did, the reason was because we are actually working on something really exciting at the moment. We can't wait to bring it to you. This is our podcast on tour guiding, and it's actually going to be our final podcast of the series Walrus and the Bear. But don't worry, we'll be coming back to your ears very shortly with something brand new and really exciting. Anyway, why I thought it was, was interesting... Oh to start over here is because we're making this episode about tour guiding, right? We're making an episode about how to talk about Berlin and who better than asking tour guides. Now, where do tour guides start their main Discover Berlin tour? They started at freaking Museum Island. They started right over here where we're sitting right now. Uh, so for those who didn't listen to our podcast on Prussia, the Museum Island is a place where the city palace was built to the historic heart of Berlin. For me, it's out of touch. It's this place that has been preserved and rebuilt purposefully to reenact a part of Berlin's history, but it's not, it's not actually what Berlin is today. I think if you walk, you know, 100, 200 meters up in, in this direction, you're going to get to the Alexanderplatz. And that, that, for me, feels more Berlin, even though it's like this commie wasteland slash like consumer paradise. That, for me, feels more like Berlin, filled with the contradictions of, of Berlin life. This feels like we're trying to put on a show. Um, 
um, in helping us understand how to actually speak about a city, uh, we went to ask for some help and we ended up with uh, a whole bunch of tour guides. Yeah, the event was called Rememory and uh, it was, um, I guess, a, a conference for tour guides. Brian Felbush, one of the organizers, he described it to me as the beginning of a conversation between tour guides to create best practices and share ideas on how best to tell the story of Berlin. Okay, I am called Mariette, hello, <laughs> um, from near Manchester, the Lake District. Um, been in Berlin now for about 11 years and guiding for 10 years. So what you've got to understand about tour guides is that they all come from completely different backgrounds and most people actually just sort of rolled into this line of work. Originally I actually worked in a stockbroker's but I hated it. So the first year I was like fat cat capitalist. Not being happy with what she was doing, she spilled her beans to a random guy on a plane who then proceeded to invite her out for a drink and then offered her a job. And I rocked up for the interview, what I thought was the interview, and they were like, oh, no, no, it's cool, it's not an interview, you started it. And that is basically how I got into guiding. And she's been guiding here for the past 10 years. And, and so does she has any kind of specific way she does tour guiding? I mean, does she has kind of sort of like specific stories that she talks about? Um, personal stories, I think, obviously, I mean, that's a given. Um, yeah, just, just things that I've learned since I've been here, things that shocked me. So, for example, how we were talking about before, things that I wouldn't have ever thought, like suicide rates being like pretty high after the fall of the wall, which is just something I think most people would never think that. And to know that lots of people were unhappy after the wall came down and it wasn't just like unicorns and rainbows and yeah entirely happy times like that reconciliation of two countries with such polar opposite ide ideologies sure so my name is william mullers and i've been living in berlin for uh, nearly six years so 2011 is when i moved here for me the biggest red thread and it's not a single stop or a single place it's always the human element in the sense that it's how does this relate to me like how could i have experienced that or what is it that for me as a human on a very primal basic level is relevant here and i mean that in every sense like how for example the building will tore families apart or uh that when we talk about you said the stolpersteine or the stumbling stones like that that's you know, real people who were murdered, whereas sometimes I think it's quite abstract. So I think it's like bringing it into that emotional, that reality that I like the most. And of course, you have tour guides coming from many different backgrounds, choosing to tell stories in many different ways from their different perspectives, coming also from lots of different countries. Okay, so my name is Elodie. Uh, I'm living in Berlin since seven years. now. yeah, exactly seven years. And I'm a guide since four years. Elodie is French and she does tours mainly with her countrymen. I don't know. I would say in France, often people have like a mixed uh, perception of the German. Uh, it's like, of course, a dark history. So, uh, Nazi, no? But on the other side, they see that it's a country with very, uh, like, good with ecology, very progressive, uh, very good with economy, also, I mean, better than in France. So I think it's really like a, a mixed conception. But I don't have the impression that people arrive and they say, uh, German, I like that, or I like that. The thing is, often they, say, they think, okay, uh, German are organized, and I say, okay, in Berliners, they are not organized at all. <laughs> and often also they think that uh, Berlin is a rich city, 
because I see all the construction and uh, as Germany is like a good economic, has a good economy, I think okay, it's going to be a rich city and they are always surprised when I say no, it's one of the poorest uh, city uh, in Germany. And it's also very different if you're German yourself. Okay, um, my name is Kai. I'm living in this city since 97, which would be a good 20 years now. Um, and I think as a German tour guide, you take things really personally, really personal. It is something that goes deep. It's always like that, that I'm, I'm losing my, my, my words for a nanosecond when I'm at the, at the memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe. It's always like that. I'm always thinking about, no, I'm not doing it. And it happens. It's like a stutter. And it's because of that, because I have to talk about that. You know, it's shame, actually, that is there. I think I'm more emotionally involved. Like, I, I as a, me as a historian, of course, I did family history as well. So I know what my grandparents did in whatever period throughout the 20th century. Um, that makes it more, that gives the thing fire. You know, to me, it's more than just a topic of science. To me, it's family history. And though... All the people we spoke to so far have been fascinating in their answers. I think for me, one of the most interesting interpretations of Berlin, I got from a friend of mine called Mohammed Uthman. My name is Mohammed Uthman. I come from a small city close to Damascus, about like 16 miles, something like that. Uh, uh, I fled Syria in mid-2013. Uh, stayed in Libya for a little bit more than a year. Then I was forced to also escape uh, Libya when Benghazi became also a war zone. I and and at the end I end up in Europe in Berlin to be particular. Uh, yeah, I think I've I've met Mohammed. Mohammed is um, is doing the refugee voice tours and uh, this thing uh, set up by our, by our colleague Lorna, um, and they've been doing tours uh, almost every Saturday and uh, going through Berlin. And so Mohammed picked this up and co-wrote a tour uh, moving through Berlin, talking about the parallels between Berlin's history and what has happened and is happening currently in Syria. Uh, at the beginning, for me, it was just I'm gonna try to tell people why I came here as a person at the beginning and then try to talk about historical events why why that developed to this point why Syria became like this so at the beginning it started like this like just just my personal view in this but at the end I decided we could use more history in this there is a lot of content in the Syrian history and in Berlin history that you could see some similarities in it and it's not about see, saying that it's the same but there is that there is some techniques on governments and people and movements that's happened here in Berlin that's also happened in Syria to some extent which of course is utterly fascinating. The Berlin today can play such a relevant role in explaining a very contemporary situation. I mean, in, in all of your uh, talking, you interviewed a whole bunch of these tour guides uh, at the conference. Is there anything like you can condense like what they all have in common? Is there something that is like floating to the top while speaking to them? Yeah, well, I think it's something around this idea of Vergangenheitsbewältigung, a sort of confrontation with the past that Berlin tends to be quite good when I was a regular guide, I still occasionally do, but um, the fall of the wall was a very uh, 
uh, inspiring story and it was very nice to be able to make people cry. So Peregrine has been in the business longer than most and he is one of the co-founders of one of the largest tour guiding companies in Berlin and totally revolutionized the model of tour guiding in many ways here in the city. And uh, what he talks about um, as something that is very resounding and something that means a lot to him is the character of Berlin being a place that can confront its history, can look back at the past and present it as something that we still need to learn from today, that we cannot in fact just forget. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's kind of made a virtue of it, like it, it's what it does, it's, it's Berlin's thing. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the, the space, but and the, the, just the general attitude of the billioners, and they've really worked through it. And a lot of the um, uh, the Vergangenheitsbewältigung um, work of Berlin, of professors in Berlin, of students in Berlin, and, and historians, and, and being the focus of politics so, um, since the Cold War has has uh, helped the Berlin attitudes to this. Whereas other cities like um, various ones in different countries and, and within Germany as well sometimes feel very much stuck in the past and they believe that tourism can only be happy, sunny go to the beach, have a nice time and enjoy good food and things like whereas Berliners are aware of the idea of being able to confront uh, Actually it gives me hope because of all of that division, all of that war, all of that conflict, we see Berlin as we see it today. This is Mohammed again um, after I asked him how it was presenting the history of Syria uh, through the streets of a city like Berlin. If you ask somebody in the 40s and the 50s that Berlin could look like this too, in 2000, nobody will uh, even believe you or think about that it could happen. But that's what gives me hope that even all of the destruction that I see back home, all of this uh, suffer that we see uh, happening to people, that could lead that, okay, this is Berlin. There is much worse things that happened here in a different times. Sometimes in the same time, many suffering happened. But also at the end, the city revived again, healed and uh, started to acknowledge the history, the good and the bad, and talk about it, that this has happened, we should know better. We should learn from it and never make it happen again. So there's just one more interview that I wanted to play for you right now, a guest that came to speak at the conference. My name is Leon Weintraub, born in Poland, in Lodz. I was uh, politically involved in the left movement. I, of course, uh, it was for me a survivor of the Holocaust. After five years, eight months and three weeks in prison, first in Ghetto Lichtmannstadt, and then Auschwitz, Birkenau, then two different sub-camps from Großrosen, and then Flossenburg, and finally in the sub-camp of uh, the concentration camp Natzweiler Struthof in Offenburg. All right, so Mr. Weintraub came to the conference as an eyewitness of the Holocaust and also a survivor, but he went on to uh, live and study in Germany. Uh, met his first wife, who was a Berliner. He's been coming back to, his, to, to Berlin over his long life many, many times, and he's developed a, a very close relationship with this city. 
And this, uh, I would like that the guides could transfer to the tourists because they have the direct contact, not as a, a main issue, because the tourist uh, comes, they came to Berlin not to, to, to see a Holocaust sign, they came to, to learn about Berlin, and Berlin has a lot of terrible, wonderful things. There's a museum island with the Pergamon, a lot of other museums, buildings, and different parts of the town, very different. So, and, and the art and, and the theater, operas, concerts, but not to pass by and not mention the place of who are connected to the Holocaust. And uh, how do you think that a guide should approach this subject? Um. First of all, show them the fact, the facts, and then maybe appeal. People are sensitive to feelings. You can tell tourists about the mentioned dates and numbers. They will forget this immediately. But such a image of this monument showing this uh, persecution only because they we married a Jew or a, we married a, a Jewish wife or a Jewish husband in a very expressive way, this I think would stay in the minds of the tourists. They would have a very a different echo and a very different follow, followings. They will remember this. So he, he's, of course, really talking about his, his own experience and then, of course, also how he would like us to, to, to bring across that information as tour guides. And that's, of course, a very important question. Like, what is it actually that we're supposed to be doing as tour guides? So, yeah, as a tour guide, what are we supposed to be doing? Are we supposed to be giving over the most rose-tinted view of what Berlin is today whilst acknowledging the horrific... Uh, nature of Berlin's history or are we supposed to acknowledge the horrific nature of Berlin's history whilst at the same time maintaining a, a healthy dose of cynicism and oh uh, you're supposed to give these people a good time because if you don't they'll write a bad trip advisor review and you lose your job <laughs> now all jokes aside of course being a tour guide in Berlin is actually very special you know, because it is fairly unique. I mean, it's not like when you go to other cities where you're going to be shown architectural techniques and you're going to be told anecdotal stories about how those architects, uh, how those architects lived and, and how those buildings were built and, you know, maybe the stories, the little intricate stories about that particular building. Instead, when you're here in Berlin, you're going to be told about the depths that humanity can sink to and the heights that Western civilization has ever reached. But what have they got, really? In the end, they have got an understanding of how Berlin got to where it is. But they might have not got a full understanding of what gentrification is, what burlesque dancing oh, is, God, what no. dinner kebab is. You know, these things that we do That's talk about in the podcast. You know, these things, they don't, they got, they have an understanding of how it got here. 
but they don't really understand where it is today, is it? But Fauci, you're speaking about the difference between a tourist perception of a city and the perception of a city of people who actually live here. We live here. We we exist in this place and engage in the city and in many different forms of life in the city, and therefore we get to enjoy all of the riches that the city can possibly offer. All we can do in a four four and a half hour tour is give someone a, an idea of a city. And, and if the idea of that city is that it's been through hell and it's come out the other side, one of the most progressive, tolerant, most wonderful places to live on planet Earth, if you can just give people that idea, you're planting a seed and that seed could grow into a beautiful tree. From the 4000 Hertz headquarters in Berlin, Germany, this was Walrus and the Bear. Now, 4000 Hertz has a lot of interesting podcast productions, one of which I would just like to play a tiny clip of. Normally, I cannot really do that because normally all of the other podcasts are German, but this one is very exciting. It's uh, made by uh, my uh, colleague Nicolas Seymach uh, from Elementarfragen, and he interviewed the musical genius in Cologne himself, Mr. Chili Gonzalez. I was also a friend of the cool kids. In if at the party they wanted to maybe sing, there was this one guy who wanted to sing I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats, you know? So I'm reliving my childhood right now. <laughs> and and like the, the cool kid would like start to sing, you know? The silicon chip inside her head has switched. So he would sing it, but then he would like go out of key. Has switched to overload. And I'd be like, whoa. I'd make the cool kid look good. Just wanted to thank some of the members of the tour guiding community here, especially Brian, Mariette and Will for organizing Rememory, the event that I went to to interview many of those tour guides. Um, and also Elodie, Kai, Mohammed, and Peregrine, um, who were also tour guides that I interviewed during the day. And of course, a huge, special, massive thank you to Leon Weintraub, who provided so much insight and wisdom for us during the day. Original music for this podcast, as always, by Svetnik, L.Y. Folidis and Mark Schilders. Needless to say, we will be back. Uh, we will be back with something new. Um, and don't worry, we're not gone that far. In the first place, cities delimited civilization from wilderness, as they still do for the individual or group that seeks a place of belonging. Cities are the goals of pilgrimage, and embody our projections of possibility, reorientation, and rebirth. Cities have personalities, genders, names, and nicknames. The Windy City, the City of Light, the Big Apple. Cities are often built over the remains of other cities, incorporating the visible landmarks and visible spirits of another time. Cities are pictures of our conscious attainments and cultural evolution, and every city contains the means of its own demise. A 4000 Hertz production.